So what do you do then with a pastor or a reverend or someone who in church says, well, we have a serious issue. For instance, I'll maybe throw a hotbed issue here. Um, we have one candidate that's pro-abortion and we have another candidate that is against abortion. And, and this is not a, this is what the Mormons always do. This is not a political thing. This is a moral problem. And we can talk about moral problems and the moral problem is abortion is reprehensible. So you want to go with the political leader who is against that moral problem. What say you, Brother Ethan? Okay, uh, they say that uh, uh, when a... Um, a teacher of math is teaching math and a sparrow flies in a room. A good teacher will teach about sparrows. We were going to name volume four of Christian Anarchy today, uh, Christians Who Don't Go to Church, part three. But I got a text this morning from young Ethan. Steve doesn't know this. No. And young Ethan said, hey, are we still talking about how Christians should handle the election today? Now, I don't ever remember, those of you who know me know that that would not be a topic I would ever broach, ever, uh, uh, on my own. But our young voice <laughs> here, he loves politics, and he actually appears to be chomping at the bit to actually speak to the idea of how Christians should handle the election. Now, I replied to him and I said, you're free to say whatever you would like, my friend. Um, I said, but be very prepared. And I mean really prepared for whatever is about to come as a result of your choice. <laughs> he wrote back and said, oh, I have lots of things to say. <laughs> this guy. And so we retitled the show tonight. Uh, to be the kid has something to say. I have warned him. <laughs> he says he thinks that the fallout's going to come from people's comments. <laughs> no, no, no. The young one, he doesn't realize. <laughs> so, Ethan, you open the door. How should Christians vote? Well, uh, that, that's not what I said. It is. It's a quote from your, it's a quote from your text. I said how you should handle it. I never said who to vote for. Okay, but how Christians should handle voting. I want to hear from... Well, well I definitely think you, it's a civic duty to vote. I, I think I encourage everyone to vote uh, based on their conscience. Now, here's the thing. Okay, civic I, duty or Christian duty? I think it's a civic duty, not okay. a Christian duty. I, I think since we live in the United States, we ought to participate in the government structures of the United States. We have we people who don't live in the United States, so you know that. Yeah. Who watch the show? Yeah. Really? Sure, sure. Oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> If you live in a democracy, I encourage you to vote. Let's just say that. And be educated in who you vote for. Don't just vote Democrat or Republican, right? Okay. Uh, what I see a lot, depending on the type of church you go to, so like in an evangelical church, you're more likely to vote Republican. If you go to a black Pentecostal church, you're more likely to vote Democrat. Based on the things that the preacher tells you, they define a character about the current presidential candidate and define the issues that you must vote for. I saw a tweet that someone posted on Instagram, the screenshot of the tweet and put it on Instagram. It said, you cannot be a serious Christian if you don't vote for Donald Trump. 
Now keep in mind, personally, I'm a Trump supporter. Ooh, I know, right? Very scary. I am. But, <laughs> but I have a lot of Democrat friends and family that are hardcore Democrats, but also very faithful Christians. The thing that I see a lot in politics today, and it's very concerning for me personally, is we mix politics and religion to, and mix them up together instead of separating the two, that we have religion in our private life, we share our religion, but when we go to vote, we vote based on the conscious of our ideas. Christianity doesn't necessarily say you believe in a big government or a small government. It says you believe in Jesus Christ. So I think it's something I really wanted to talk about today, and I think it was a perfect topic for the show since the election from when we're recording is two days from now, but uh, this is released Friday, so it will be after the election. Okay. So the question I have for you to start off, and Steve, okay, who's wearing a fine shirt, by the way, <laughs> this is the very best jersey you can get in support of the minnesota wild you ever heard of that it's a basketball team that gets touchdowns <laughs> he's wearing a hockey jersey steve is a great <laughs> hockey fan do both of you what is your stance on a separation of church and state do you want to answer this first uh yeah i think it's very important that there's a separation of church and state um i mean Jesus wasn't a political leader. That's what he told Pontius Pilate when he asked him if he was uh, the king of the Jews. He said, no, my kingdom's not of this world. If it were, my servants would be fighting. But my kingdom's not from here. So um, I know even in the uh, Christian anarchist group that I was talking to you about um, in our shows a while ago, um, there are, is a group of Christians, even in Christian anarchy, that want a world Christian state basically or statelessness they say jesus is leading this political thing and it's just funny because it seems like the opposite of how it should be i think you should um vote how you want to vote uh believe your political views but don't lump everything together i'm um, just like what you're saying um and it's it, it just becomes a nasty thing to when when churches come up and say if you're a christian you have to vote for trump or if you're a christian you can't vote for trump i've seen it both ways and you're both wrong Mm. So. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. I firmly believe in the separation of church and state. I believe that we should publicly participate in in church if you want to, whether you're Christian, whether you're Mormon, whether you're Muslim, whatever. You can express your views as long as you allow me to have the freedom to express mine. And this is a real beautiful thing about the country, and it's something we have to preserve. And what I see a lot today, and it's something... Uh, that I think all of us have noticed, and you kind of touch when it, on when it comes to denominations and stuff. We get so stuck in our one ideological boundaries that we were taught as a child, we were raised in that environment. If you're raised down in Provo, you're gonna be in a very conservative state, while in Salt Lake City, you're gonna be in a very liberal state. And you get used to that, so when you go out into the world, you already have assumptions about the people that uh, you have been taught to hate, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a political Instagram account, and at one time I didn't have my profile picture on there, so they couldn't tell I'm African American. Mm. And I got into an argument with a very liberal girl, and the first thing she said to me is that I'm a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I've been called racist so many times by white liberals. It is the funniest thing. 
But then you tell them that you're African American. Oh, your friends are white supremacists. Oh, because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But they have it. They were taught that somewhere. It's just like if you, if I am a heavy Republican and I talk to a Biden supporter, sometimes they'll automatically think you're socialist when that's not necessarily true. People can support who they want to support without supporting all of the ideas of the presidential candidate. We have to have discussions with people. We have to be open to new ideas in order to properly function as a society. Steve, I think if churches um, really gave their um, their congregations that spirit of freedom that we've been talking about, I don't think we'd have this issue because everybody knows we're all free to vote for whoever we want. Mm. It's when they decide to make a proclamation about uh, you have to vote for a Republican if you're a Christian, that it starts dividing people up. And that's that's what causes the whole issue. Yeah. So it's, it's just so stupid. And what do non-Christians think when they see a non-Christian liberal, for instance, sees that it posted somewhere that if you are a Christian, you have to vote Republican. Well, they already hate Christianity as right. it is. And if they hate that party as well, now you've just got more issues to deal with. And then you're lumping two things that they hate together. Now they hate Christians more and have a worse view of you. It's, it's very dumb. So very what dumb. do you think of politicians who include their faith in their, uh, in their proclamation of their office and what they want to do that depends it, if, if they're saying um all of you christians should be voting for me because i'm a christian too, uh, too that's awful i hate that <laughs> that annoys the crap out of me um but if it's someone that's just sharing how they um how they are i mean if they're just being honest with yeah. what they believe i don't have a problem with that at all i really don't uh i think in terms of a political sense, I can't blame them because they have to have the Christian vote in order to win. At least some sort of Christian vote. But, um, because it's a very important demographic. I'm trying now, to intimidate him through I know, squinting my he, eyes. He's looking at me strange. <laughs> but that's a political fact, though. Yeah, it's a political fact. Political it's, fact. It's, it's, I, I'm about to get to it. Okay, Sean. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but is it morally right? No. When, when Donald Trump, for instance, comes up to one of his rallies and holds the Bible up and says, I love two Corinthians. I mean, <laughs> we know he probably has never read that book. He's never read two Corinthians? Probably not. <laughs> because he calls it two Corinthians. No one calls it two Corinthians. It's second Corinthians. Right, right. But, uh, and Biden does the same thing. I mean, it's just a political he, ponder. And okay. we shouldn't vote based off of that. You should vote based on the individual matters, uh, issues that affect you the most. Affect you the, or affect... Uh, affect you personally. Affect you personally, all right. Yeah. The problem isn't with the politicians pandering to the crowds like what Trump did. He just changed. I think he he said something too um, that he used to be Presbyterian and now he finds himself more evangelical faith, non-denominational, because he's trying to get them to vote for him. It's it's very obvious. The problem's not with that. He that's just him being a politician. It's, politics. it's, it's politics. So. The issue is with the churches that say, do you see that? That means we're doing the right thing by telling you guys to vote Republican because see, he, he's one of us too. Mm. That's the problem. Not, it's on the Christian side that we have the issue, not necessarily on the politics side that's, it's, that's, that's of it's this world. Of this world. It's, it's not, yeah. So then um, should, if there should be a separation of church and state, both of you agree, mm -hmm. is that right? Mm -hmm. I agree with that too. 
I have some people who support the ministry who absolutely disagree with that. They are like, no, no. And they are not shy of, of, uh, I mean, sending me texts of people who are speaking from the pulpit in church and calling them honorable and brave because they're, they're going against the laws of the land and they can lose their tax exemption because they're speaking up for against Biden and for Trump. And that is the Christian way. No separation at all. But both of you agree that separation of church and state is good. I think it's a very important principle to uphold. Why? Uh, because if you ever look at history, when the church and the government come together, it always goes bad. For who? Uh, for the people of the, the members of the church. That's right. Uh, so it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And also, it's a free country. We should respect other people's beliefs and give them the freedom to say uh, what they believe in. And I think it's very beneficial for us as individuals to learn what they believe, why they believe it, and to be able to properly argue against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Constantine, Church of England, all examples of when we merge, you know, King Henry VIII, we merge religion with state. We have a problem. I would ask those people how it's going in the Middle East. Very, very great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how's that going out? Right. You know, everybody is agree in agreement that that's not a good way to right. do things. But sure, let's do it here. Let's try it. But from the <laughs> from the evangelical mentality, it's well, the the Middle East don't have Jesus. If we bring Jesus to the podium and our representatives and the churches unite to have Jesus lead our leaders, it's an American country. The church and state are one. What would you say? <laughs> say first of all, dude, learn to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say yeah. I would say the principle is the same. Um, because the principle. You ha- the principle is the same. Because you have Jesus in your life is wonderful. If everybody could have Jesus in their heart, that'd be amazing. But I don't think we need to make rules on that because we already can't agree on any doctrine anyways if you're going to start adding that to your laws then we've got a serious issue because it's bad enough that in churches we we make people feel like they're not welcome and give them and judge them for what they you know do outside of church but if you're going to start making laws on it then we've got some serious problems because that's that's how people get killed and put in prison Mm. and it causes nothing but suffering Excellent. And and I love the point you made is that it's the people of the faith who suffer. It was the Christians during Constantine, who the real Christians, who ultimately suffered by the merging of state and church. So what do you do then with a pastor or a reverend or someone who in church says, well, we have a serious issue. For instance, I'll let me throw a hotbed issue here. Um, We have one candidate that's pro-abortion and we have another candidate that is against abortion. And, and this is not a, this is what the Mormons always do. This is not a political thing. This is a moral problem. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about moral problems. And the moral problem is abortion is reprehensible. So you want to go with the political leader who is against that moral problem. What say you, Brother Ethan? Oh, that's a really hard one. Because I, I am pro-life. I know Christians who are not pro-life. And the reasoning for it, I, I don't agree with but you, but you can understand it, right? Uh, I, I am not sure how to properly answer that question because it's a very difficult question to hold. It's now, brutal. Yeah, it is. Now, pastors should definitely talk about the pro-life issue, uh, but connecting it to the political side, I think you should trust your members with making that intellectual decision themselves. Mm-hmm. Steve, any insight? I agree. Give people the freedom to make that decision themselves. You can talk about 
um, why it's good or bad. Um, you know, but give people the option to uh, vote as they wish. It's it's a political issue. How? Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, my thought is jumping ahead of your comment, okay. but uh, and I, t I, sig I telegraph that to you. But what would you do if today, Sunday, you went to church? The pastor gets up. I'm not talking about politics. I do not want to talk about politics. I just want to talk about the heinous act of abortion. Okay. Okay. And he talks about the heinous act of abortion, how it is of the devil. <laughs> he tried to be serious. He tried yeah. To be serious. I can't be serious. <laughs> and it is reprehensible and everything that is said. I'm sorry to always do this in a southern accent, you southerners out there. Hey, I'm a southerner. Too. Okay. So don't, don't, don't get me. You do it from and Minnesota. You accent. get 40 minutes of this, and the gist of it is. You don't want to vote for somebody that is pro-abortion. Mm -hmm. Do you feel manipulated by that? I, uh, See, I feel manipulated. Uh, yeah. It's very hard, though. It depends, though, on, on if it's a pastor saying, hey, my rules are the rules of God and believe this. It's a different thing if they're saying, here's my opinion on this issue and asks feedback maybe from the people. I don't know, you know, not every, it doesn't always use the Bible to support. Let's say forget abortion, homosexuality. Okay. It says right here, man is not allowed with man. It says right here, I'll do another accent. <laughs> it doesn't say right here, that <laughs> the Ro in Romans one, it says uh, against homosexual. Yeah, I would say just leave it out altogether. I mean, there's- oh, oh, There's oh, another oh. verse in Revelation. I forgot which verse. It said, uh, let the sinners be sinners and let the holy be holy. The Bible believes in freedom. Yeah. It believes in your own choices. And that's what, really where the pro-choices in the church really have the best argument there. Uh, but then you have to go in, well, do you hold this standard equally across the board? Uh, I think it is a very important issue for the pastor to talk about. But again, I think they need to allow uh, for the individual members of that church to have that decision and who they vote for. Well, in the end, they have to because it's private and who they well, vote for true. anyway. Yeah. And no one asks. So that, that, that's not the problem to me. The problem is the manipulation. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like um, I, I agree with you that you got to teach what the Bible teaches about something. But when it's linked even subtly to a candidate, I find that to be very offensive to me, mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, I would just, it's just playing with fire is what it is. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend any pastors do that, but Whoa. it's, it's just hard to, what? Well, <laughs> it's just hard to. I mean, they do it. Yeah. I, I just, I wouldn't recommend that they do it. The, the problem is in how they do it in a manipulative way. If they're using the Bible to say, um, look here, it says abortion's wrong in 2 Corinthians, you know, then <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> but if they're saying, if it's an honest sharing of opinion with a congregation and offering to get feedback mm. on it and say, hey, let's have a discussion about this, that's different. But what I was trying to say earlier, not every place functions like campus does, you know, not every place has a question and answer section at the end. But I think that would maybe be helpful and less manipulative if they didn't force it on anyone, sort of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Quick fire uh, question really quick. Uh -oh. Can you be a non-Republican, 
a Democrat, an anarchist, and be a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, one more thing. Going back to the whole abortion thing and relating it to candidates, you can make the argument that Joe Biden supporting uh, Roe v. Wade is against Christianity. I, if I were a Democrat, can make the same argument about Donald Trump cheating on his wife, his third wife, by the way, and paying her off $100,000 to stay silent. Donald Trump is not a moral man. Neither is Joe Biden. So we cannot hold pick and choose the standard that, are we, that we're going to hold our candidates to. Now, you can make an argument that abortion is much greater for sin. Okay, that's fair. But you have to hold both candidates accountable. If we do not hold both candidates account accountable, then who are we? Mm -hmm. We are just playing politics, and it is absolutely disgraceful to do that. I have um, one of your shows sa saved in my YouTube under a playlist um, as an argument for uh, Christian anarchy. And it was a show a long while back, um, but I know you said something very important for people to hear, and it was kind of really important to me anyways in how I started thinking about these things with politics and, and Christianity and this whole topic. It's that as an American, you have the right to vote how you want to vote. No disputing that. But as a Christian, politics have no say in, in, in how, how God and you relate. Yeah. So I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something along those lines. And just do what you want to do as an American. You know, vote how you want to vote. And if the reasoning is, uh, you know, something in, that you've been discussing with God in your prayers, then great. But don't force that on a people as a whole. Let okay. them all have the freedom to choose subjectively. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Back to your point. So are you saying that um, when you say they have to be held accountable, candidates need to be held accountable, are you saying that there is a moral accountability that each candidate should be uh, held accountable to? Is that what you're suggesting? What I'm suggesting is, is when we go in and we're an undecided voter and we're looking at the different political positions and they both have done wrong. Joe Biden and Donald Trump have both uh, been, have plenty of allegations of sexual assault, corruption, etc. Okay. So how about instead of pondering to which m one is more moral, Okay. How about you just focus on the political issues that affect God, you? Man. I give you a thumbs up on a hint, whatever this is. You got a cold. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. <laughs> it's always fun to do that. I love that because that is what I hear from many evangelicals in my world. Um, I'll just use Donald. Donald is such a good man. Melania is such a wonderful woman. Come on, man. I mean, let's get real with what we're talking about here, right? Now, That's Trump's stupid. funny, though. We got to give him that. He's yeah, hilarious. Right. But we're not talking <laughs> about his marriage so stop it. Okay. Uh, it's just manipulation. It is. Is all it it's is. all manipulation. It's like, or delusion. I don't know. I can't tell. Sometimes they're the same, you know? If you're so blinded by the fact that you want this guy president that it starts... Uh, getting into things like that all that stuff yeah that's nonsense now here's a real question steve who do you think is going to win stop <laughs> we are stopping right now Wait, what? for a moment and we're coming back next week to hear what the youngsters have to say <laughs> on cat out